Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of the Roundball Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Uh, Sports Ethos presentation. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos online, sportsethos.com. It's playoff season, y'all. Um, if you've told by the last couple episodes we've been leading up to this with thoughts on the playing game and just where we've been and um, looking into the playoffs, but now it is time to preview the playoffs. And I'm excited to have none other than good friend, fellow Laker fan, NBA analyst. Uh, you can find him on Lakers Nation. If you follow baseball, you can find him working with the Dodgers as well. Um, follow him on Twitter at Ron Gudeman24. It's Ron Gudeman, sir. How are you today? Doing great. I am ready for playoff basketball. It was weird with no games uh, at all on, on Thursday today. Yes, it, it was. I, I felt like something was missing and it was basketball. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> totally was. Um, yep. It's been crazy. But no, we, we have that to look forward to now uh, coming up, well, in a couple hours, honestly. By the time yeah, this, people listen this to this. Time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, let's kind of get to previewing. And I guess the first one I want to do, let's start with, I want to kind of get some of the easier ones out the way. And by easier, I mean, listen, no disrespect to any of the matchups here. But some of these teams are going against teams that are significantly better. And they're probably going to go out with the dustpan or a little bit of a fight. And that's okay. Like, you made the playoffs. That's in the play-in tournament and everything. That's, that's an achievement, you know? Um, with that being said, let's start in Philadelphia, where the Brooklyn Nets will be playing the Philadelphia 76ers. And... Um, also, I want to let everyone know right now, we're just doing the ones. I'll probably run back. Um, well, actually, I'll just ask Ron. We'll, we'll, Ron, we'll talk about uh, whether the Bucks. I'll get it out the way right now. Bucks and Celtics. Um, facing the – let's do that first. The, facing the winners of the play-in tournament matchups, right? Do you like the Celtics against the Hawks? Yeah, I, I like the Celtics against the Hawks. <laughs> I, I don't think – you know, no disrespect to the Hawks. Uh, they're not going to be able to do to the Celtics what they did to the Heat, which was physically overwhelm them. Um, They're not going to be able to do that to the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are way too tough. Uh, They rebound the ball really well. They defend extremely well. And their offense is, I mean, worlds better than what the Miami Heat have to offer at this point. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't see that being – you know, the, the the Hawks might get one game where Trey Trey Young just goes crazy. Um, I could see a world where he puts up like, uh, you know, a high thirty, low forties game in like game three or four in Atlanta, and it's a big moment. Uh, but I, I don't see the Celtics uh, dropping more than one game. I, I have Celtics in five there. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm with you on that. I have them at the same. I figured let's get those out the way first. The Boston Philadelphia matchup is gonna it's about the same in my opinion but before we even get there one more to ask you about and that's do you like the bucks odds against whoever's coming out of uh tonight's play-in game yeah bulls heat um (laughs) that is a fascinating game in the fact that they're both so average i don't know who i don't know who to go for yeah I, i i see the heat winning that game mainly because um you know, as much as it would maybe behoove the Heat to fall into the lottery, mm-hmm. um, I don't see a world like the Heat. We know about Heat culture and we always talk about it and it's, you know, it's kind of a cliche. But I don't think Heat culture is going to go out there and get embarrassed on their home floor twice in a row in the play-in tournament. Um, I see the Heat kind of putting their foot down and and beating a, a Bulls team that, is really, I mean, look, they they have some good, they have some good players. Obviously, Demar Derozan, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, they have guys that can make things happen. But they are not a, a great team, and they are vulnerable. And I, I see the Heat taking advantage of those. I see a much better game for Bam Adebayo, um, and I I see the Heat maybe in a world like wanting the matchup with the Bucks. They've beaten them before. This is obviously not the same Miami Heat team that beat the Bucks back in 2020, but maybe they want the matchup. Uh, so I think I have the Heat winning this this game against the Bulls. But either way, regardless of his, if it's Bulls or Heat, I got Bucks in four. I don't see them dropping a single game here. Yeah, I'm with you. I think regardless, I think the Heat probably take the match against the Bulls. They just match up well physicality-wise, and um, I think making things difficult, and also Jimmy Butler being a significant offensive threat than 
maybe the Raptors are able to kind of summon together. Also, the Raptors missing like 16 free throws. You know, I, I doubt the Heat do that. I mean, yeah. never say never, but I just don't see it. Um, but yeah, with that being said, um, like by that same token, like the Bucks are going to have little resistance going through them. I have no doubt in my mind about that. So I see Bucks and Celtics just moving right on to the next round in which we'll review when that round comes. But um, but looking past that, I want to touch those on those first before we go to Philadelphia and Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, Ron, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel like Brooklyn is very much in the same vein as the Heat, Slash Bulls, or the Hawks. In the case of like, yeah, they made the playoffs and that's great. Um, I think in the Nets case, they made it primarily on the back of what KD and Kyrie did yeah. before. You know, I think the Nets have been just 11 and 13 since the All-Star break. So it's definitely not like they've sustained that level of, of superb play. Um, Philadelphia is just a bad matchup for them. I, just, I, I don't see how the Nets are able to really stay um, in a competitive uh, situation against the squad. Yeah, Nick Claxton probably going to need to have the series of his life uh, if he wants, if, if the Nets are even going to steal a game or two here. The Nets are so fascinating because, uh, you know, w- when was the last time that a team in the top four of their conference uh, sold at the deadline and tanked? Like, that's, mm-hmm. th- I can't even in my head fathom that. And it's so strange that they got there. And I get why they got there. And honestly, I agree with I agree with what the Nets chose to do this deadline. They got some really great pieces. They fully replenished their draft stock that they lost from the James Harden trade. Like, I fully get why the Nets did what they did. It leaves them in this weird spot this year where they were too good at the time to fall all the way to the lottery, but they are not good enough to win a playoff series. Not in the slightest, yep. Because it's it's funny. I was I, I was talking with some people about this. The Nets, by trading their two superstars, they built a roster that would be perfect if they had a superstar. Like, yeah, they, yeah. isn't they that hilarious? Built, they built like my dream NBA roster minus the star, and maybe Mikael Bridges come becomes that guy. Maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see anyone else on that team becoming that, but maybe he becomes that guy. But until that day comes, they are not ready. Uh, I have Sixers. I have the Sixers in five here. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm, I have them in a clean sweep. Really? I, have a clean sweep. I think see, you don't see the Nets stealing one. I think it's possible. I think it's possible the Nets do actually. You know what, guys? You might have talked me into it. I, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> didn't because call I think I think there's going to be at least one game where Mikael Bridges has you know the game of his life or. Nicholas Claxton has something for Joel Embiid. Like he's gotta, he's gotta have something for him, right? Nick Nicholas Claxton is one of the better defensive bigs in the league, and obviously there is no stopping Joel Embiid, the probable MVP of this season. But like, there's no stopping him. But Nicholas Claxton is one of the better, uh, you know, defenders in the league at, at the forward center position. So I, I want to give him some credit there, and I think they have enough to maybe steal a game you're totally right this could be a clean sweep but uh i'm i'm willing to give brooklyn the gentleman sweep here yeah no you know what the more i think about it it, it's it's possible that it could happen i will i will give the benefit of the doubt that you know mikhail bridges goes supernova you know has one untouchable game or like nick claxton them cobble together a really good performance between him and spencer dinwiddie who is that was so funny man that was like i knew there was beef but geez and kyle kuzma like you know he has it in him to be that ruthless oh yeah but, but man the, no that that twitter thread had some of the greatest insults i've ever seen oh, thrown from one like player a to basketball another. my boy had me dead <laughs> it was it was unreal and shout out to kuzma he is not in this year's playoffs but he is in a way now. Yeah, I was about to say he is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go, go Sixers. No, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely gonna go. Um, agree. I'm gonna go and say. Um, I'm gonna say five. I said four originally. I'm gonna say five because at the end of the day, the Nets are a competent team. You know, all you need is a bad yeah. shooting night, a night in foul trouble for Joel Embiid, some combination of the two, and yeah, you have that. So we'll I, I think the Sixers have more vulnerabilities than the Bucks, and I think the Nets are a more competent basketball team than the Bulls or the Heat. So I, I I give, I'm giving, like, I'm kind of combining that into maybe the Nets steal one. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I like I like the math you're doing there. Like, okay, yeah. a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it's possible. So I'm agree with you on that for sure. 
Um, looking on from that matchup to an interesting one in the East, um, the Knicks and Cavs, the four five. I think um, the Knicks and Cavs. That's fun. The only interesting series, <laughs> right? Right. That's the only one we've kind of flew through the rest of. This is the only one, and I mean, the Knicks and Cavs clashed three times or four times rather. The Knicks won three of them. Um, the Cavs won the first matchup. Um, in Cleveland, uh, Donovan Mitchell put up like a thirty-eight point performance. The Knicks won every other one, but there was also absences on both sides. Um, and injuries that also played into the and factored into that. So you look at it now; both teams are coming in mostly healthy. Um, Julius Randle is coming with that sprain. I think it's a left ankle. Uh, yeah. I, I imagine he'll play, but that sh- probably will hamper him. So, with that being the stage set, what do you think, uh, Ron, about what we have here with us before us? Yeah, this is fascinating because I think you know at, at this point we kind of it's it's weird. We almost have to do away with like the regular season series, like what happened in the regular season, it it feels like it just doesn't really matter in a lot of these instances. Mm. Just because players miss so many games nowadays and I'm I'm all for like preserving health for this, right? Like this is why teams preserve their players throughout the year so that we can get to these playoffs and it seems like for the most part everyone's healthy. Yeah. Um like that's why we do it. So I'm cool with that. But it it leaves me like I look back at these four matchups between the Knicks and the Cavs, and I'm like, I don't know that there's too too much to take away from any of them. Like, yeah, the Knicks won three of them, um, but it's it's just hard to take anything significant away. So when I look at this this series between these two teams, I'm I'm fascinated because it's to me it's I don't know it's it's not really a clash of styles, mm-hmm. but it. It, it is a little bit in a way because you have Donovan Mitchell, who is, I think, the most talented player in the series, just in terms of what he can do with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. I think he's the most talented player. And generally, when I look at playoff series, I, I tend to side with which team is the most talented player. Um, so my initial reaction is to lean Cavs. But the Knicks, the Knicks are fascinating because they have – this is like their second really great regular season in like the Tom Thibodeau, this team era. Mm-hmm. And the first time the playoffs did not go super well for them. No. Julius Randle played poorly. RJ Barrett played poorly. And I am like instinctually thinking that's going to happen again. Um, just because, you know, Julius Randle is still kind of like uh, he, he's better than he was a couple of years ago, but he's still like a tough shot maker. Mm-hmm. In terms of if the tough shots aren't falling, if the fadeaway threes aren't falling, he kind of like he has a tendency to kind of collapse his game a little bit. Yeah. Um, but this team is a little bit older than they were. They're a little more mature experienced than they were the first time around. So I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But the more I look at it, the more I like Cleveland in this series. I think they're the more well-balanced roster. Um, I think they can do the most defensively and offensively. Like I think they have the most versatility in sort of the ways that they can beat you. Uh-huh. And when I look at it, Donovan Mitchell is the best player. And I, I always try to lean to who ha- which team has the best player in the series. So I have Cavs in seven. Oh, okay. Um, I, I could see it going six Cavs and six, but I, I, I think we need a cup. Like, at least one first round series always goes to seven. So why can't this be that one? I mean, I guess you're right. I, 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 I that makes a good point. I had the Cavs so much more favored. Personally, I had, five? yeah, I had them in five. I just feel like you know, the Knicks are coming in. They had a rough series when they were healthy. Mind you, Jalen Brunson brings a different dynamic at guard, but Julius Randle, like that could hamper his mobility uh, 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 significantly. And although we can shoot the three and it's definitely become a more volume shooter and that could get Evan Mobley out of a space he's comfortable in, defending more in space, you know, taking, opening up the lane, going out to the free, to the three point line. Um, I, I just think his effectiveness is limited. And so now you're putting more pressure on a Jalen Brunson to consistently manufacture offense. You know, now you're putting more pressure on a guy like RJ Barrett, who's really been up and down uh, his entire career. I was making an a- analogy of him to a, a Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah. On another show, you know, just in terms of his entire level of play and consistent force or lack thereof, he comes at it. So I just feel like the the Cavs have it. Also, the Knicks and Tibbs they they have a more traditional lineup, and so do the Cavs. But the Cavs have a unique ish way of using it. Whereas the Knicks, you know, okay, with their bigs, if you bring in Mitchell Robinson or whatever Isaiah Hartenstein, like you go on a traditional drop. 
I don't know if you want to go drop, you know, against Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. Like, that doesn't He's sound good. Right. Yeah, exactly. This ain't what you want, right? That's not the recipe for success. And so for that, all of that just being just the perfect storm for Cleveland in terms of matchups that I don't think the Knicks can adjust with as easily, and also the Knicks being a little shorthanded, I, I definitely have the Cavs uh, in five. But I could see it going longer, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Now, Isaac Okoro, I think he's dealing with like a little – I was trying to confirm it because I remembered, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to like say it if it wasn't true. I think Isaac Okoro is dealing with a little bit of a knee thing. I think he's going to oh, play. Okay. Like I don't, I don't think – if he is limited, I do think R.J. Barrett becomes an even bigger factor uh, because I do think that matchup is very fascinating, the Okoro-Barrett matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and if Okoro is not 100%, then it like puts even more pressure on RJ Barrett to be that guy if Julius Randle's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think there are just a lot of really interesting factors to the series, but you're right in that we could be hyping the series up because it's the only interesting one in the East, mm-hmm. and the Cavs might just kind of have their way. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. You're right, the Cavs is coming, and we're like, oh, well, we didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? Like that. That could happen. So and I, yeah. I, I generally like, and no disrespect to Tom Thibodeau, but Tom Thibodeau teams in the playoffs, it it's not great. Like the track record's not great, right? Like, it's like Doc. It's it's in and it's because with Thibodeau, it's you spend your whole regular season running your eight man rotation into the ground because that's what Tom Thibodeau does. He believes in his eight or nine guys at most, and he runs them into the ground. And what happens come playoff time is not only are your guys exhausted because they've been playing 37, 38 minutes a night for the whole season, now there's also a ton of tape on your guys. I think what's great about having depth in the regular season, if you look at a team like, I don't know, I'm trying to like think of a team off the top of my head, but if you look at a team like, let's even take Milwaukee, uh, who dealt with the Chris Middleton injury for most of the year and kind of managing him. Mm-hmm. They had to go to a lot of different guys just to get through the regular season because they were doing a little bit more load management. And so if you're trying to review the tape on the Bucks, well, there's not as much of them at full strength. So you don't know as much what to expect. With New York, you kind of know what you're getting because there's so much tape on – Jalen Brunson playing alongside RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robbins. Like, there's so much tape on it, and and it's a little easier to game plan for. I think that's where Tom Thibodeau shoots himself in the foot a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of why he hasn't had the track like track record of success in the playoffs. Yeah. But yeah, I, I have I have Cleveland winning. I did put it in seven because I do think uh New York has the talent to kind of go toe-to-toe, but I think Cleveland is going to out scheme. Uh, the Knicks pretty handily. Okay, I can I can totally get with that, and that that's that's fair. I just feel like, yeah, the Knicks. I mean, listen, they made the playoffs again. That's great. They're building onto something that's awesome. Great signing by Jalen Brunson, but yeah, this is where I think we say goodbye. Um, the Knicks <laughs> gotta go fishing. Um, going to the West. Um, let's. I mean, let's kind of ask the same question. Let's go to the to the top. Uh, do you fear the Nuggets over? Uh, the winner of Wolves versus Thunder. No, <laughs> the, the Nuggets. <laughs> in, I have the Nuggets in four, regardless of who wins that game. Yeah, same. Um, it's funny though. I think Nuggets Timberwolves would be more fun, just for the Tim Connolly of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, like you leave the Nuggets to go to the Timberwolves, you make this this trade. Uh, that we probably don't need to go into because it's been <laughs> Just talked horrendous. About, yeah. been talked about ad nauseum at this point. Um, but I do like that kind of storyline that Tim Connolly faces the Nuggets mm-hmm. with his roster that he built that like no one likes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's that's interesting. But I also kind of like the young Thunder like making a name for themselves and making the playoffs. I think that'd be really great experience for the thunder like yeah they'd get they'd get swept they'd get swept they are not nearly the team that denver is but i think them making the playoffs and getting swept would be huge for shea and giddy and and they're and jalen williams and like this young core that they're building like they they have a really interesting team and i think in like two seasons maybe three seasons we're going to be talking about them as like championship contenders yeah. Um and b- 
becoming a championship contender through a homegrown team starts with moments like this. It starts with being the surprise team that makes the playoffs as the eight seed and gets absolutely pummeled in the first round. Like that's how it starts. That's how like those types of teams build. Um, and so I, I'm hoping it's them just for that storyline. But uh, but yeah, I, I think either way, the Nuggets in four. <laughs> it's <laughs> no, I'm with you. I think it'd be fun. You're right. I think it would be fun to have a, a Wolves matchup. Um, only because I think of the Thanos. Like you couldn't live with your own failure. <laughs> kind of line. <laughs> Like it's hilarious, but no, I, I, exactly. <laughs> like insulin popped in my brain, but no, I, I agree with you. I think there's there's not really a whole lot to be said there. Um, for the wolves, yeah, it's a good step in the right direction. Continuing that on, you know, you went against a team that was a young upstart in in in, in um Memphis last year. Now you're going against like a more established vet. It gives you more of a through the fire kind of process. If you are um if you're um Anthony Edwards, like there's there's some. Anthony Edwards needs this. He he yeah. does because he he very badly underperformed in that play-in game against the Lakers. Um, he pretty, did not he did not it, look good at all. Mm-hmm. And I think he like he needs to go into this play-in game with sort of like the superstar mentality of like like I it's cool if I go you know three for seventeen. I'm gonna do it again. Like I'm gonna keep fighting and I'm gonna keep getting better. And I I hope for his sake, that he is able to have a great game, win or lose, against the Thunder. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It, it, it's something to hold your head up high, even if you went down as a learning experience, because you want to have another step in your progression. And it's a different challenging uh, element, a different layer than it was before, but still something he can like look toward building uh, upon. So definitely with you on that. Um, going to the second round, I think this is actually more interesting. It's not really like it's that easy. Uh, Lakers, you're the Lakers guy. I mean, we're Lakers fans, but Lakers Nation, Lakers versus Grizzlies. I only caught a little bit of Laker Nation's actual coverage of that, or like their preview of it. Um, but I, I have the, I have, I have the Lakers Nation guy here in the foot. I'm gonna let you take yeah. it away. What are your thoughts here? This is a fascinating series. Right? This is the Lakers are going to need to make this the ugliest series you've ever seen. They cannot allow the Grizzlies to kind of run all over them. Um. You know, the, the Grizzlies, John Morant has had success against the Lakers. Um, John Morant is the type of guy that always has success against the Lakers. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yep. Angelo Russell, we don't know if he's 100%. Dennis Schroeder is definitely not 100%. He's playing, but he's not 100%. Mm. Defensively, them guarding John Morant is going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Um I think this is – well, actually, I think the most intriguing first-round series overall is – we haven't talked about it yet. I think the most evenly matched first-round series we haven't talked about yet. But this is up there. This is a really fascinating, really evenly matched series. And I think for the Lakers to win, they're going to need to kind of muck it up and make it ugly and force force the Grizzlies to play in, like, defensive battles. Because this Lakers team, as good as they've been since the break – Uh, Since the trade deadline, Mm -hmm. they do have a tendency to get stagnant offensively. They do have a tendency to kind of have these scoring droughts, uh, be a little too LeBron reliant to make something happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, The storyline about forcing the ball to Anthony Davis uh, the whole year has kind of been a thing. And they're going to be trying to do that here, especially since the Grizzlies don't have Steven Adams. Um, And I think it's going to take a game or two for the Lakers to figure out how to force the ball into Anthony Davis's hands um, because that's just how it's been for them all year. They've struggled with this. Um, So I think the Lakers are kind of going to need to make it a slower paced, uglier battle. Um, If they try to get into a run and gun match with the Grizzlies, I do think the Grizzlies are, are the better run and gun team at this point, mainly because LeBron Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, D'Angelo Russell. These guys are not the perfect picture of health um, at any of these stages in their careers. Mo Bamba is the same way. Like, There's not enough health reliability on the Lakers side to where they can afford to get into high speed, high pace, uh, scoring output battles with, with the Grizzlies. They're going to need to slow it down. So prediction, I do have the Lakers in six. 
it feels almost like too many people are saying that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you it said it like, does. It feels like that's too popular a pick to actually happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe we're heading for a 2021 Lakers Suns where everyone hypes the Lakers up and then one person gets injured and the and the Grizzlies House just, of Cards just make it easy. Um so I do see a world where the Grizzlies win. Absolutely. This is a close series. I have the Lakers in six because what do I always go back to? Which team has the best player? Yeah. I think at their best, the Lakers have the two best players in this series. Um, And so if everyone's at their best, I have the Lakers. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's tough. I thought the exact same thing you said. I've been thinking the exact same thing. Like everyone's saying it and we've seen this song before. Yes. But at the same time, I just think that the, I think that it's the mix of having LeBron and AD for the Lakers and also the fact that, you know, Brandon Clark really gave the Lakers problems, right? Like, Brandon Clark gave the Lakers problems, not to the extent that John Morant has and will give the Lakers, but he's given the Lakers some issues. And um, he's not there, and that's important. I think that, you know, with with the absence of him, it makes it a little bit more difficult for um, the Lakers, for the Grizzlies to be able to match up in terms of, the sheer athleticism and size that you need to combat against AD. AD's had monster games against the Grizzlies. Um, some of that, yes, on Jaron Jackson Jr., who will battle foul trouble. But also, when Jaron Jackson's on the court, he was doing that to Brandon Clark and to Xavier Tillman. Well, now he took Brandon Clark out entirely. Also, Steven Adams isn't there at all. It's so, a lot of Xavier Tillman. Exactly. That's just a lot. a lot of Xavier Tillman in the series. Exactly. And as it's much as time. I like Xavier Tillman, I think he's a solid player. He is no match for Anthony Davis. There's levels and to it. If there's levels. And and Jaron Jackson Jr., as great of a defender as he is, he is not my defensive player of the year pick. I just want to throw it out there. He may mm-hmm. win. He's not my pick. Uh, okay. I, don't like, I will not be happy if he wins. But um, <laughs> he's going to get into foul trouble. He can't help himself. Um, <laughs> like, no. as as much as the – I think Taylor Jenkins said something like, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep Jaron Jackson out of foul trouble. You can't, Jaron Jackson. Let's go back to Thanos. Jaron Jackson foul trouble is inevitable. It's it, inevitable. <laughs> it will happen. Like we are. Yeah. This is the we this live the in a game. world mm-hmm. where Jaron Jackson Jr. fouls, um, and I think that's gonna happen. I, I, that's where I see the Lakers having the advantage and being able to pull ahead in this series and win in six. Uh, the way the the Grizzlies win for me is if they can outrun the Lakers. Uh, John Morant, if Dylan Brooks plays much better than he has played against the Lakers this season, mm-hmm. um, if their guards are at their best, Desmond Bain, if their guards are at their best and putting pressure on on the Lakers perimeter defenders, um, then I think the Grizzlies can win this series. If Jared Vanderbilt um, does not do a great job covering John Morant, uh, which is possible. Jared Vanderbilt is great, but he, you know, he, he's John Morant's a, a really great player, and he mm-hmm. might be able to to do to have success even against a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. I can see the Grizzlies winning, but I do have the Lakers. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that as well. I just feel like it, it, the matchups are unique. It's intriguing. Um, no knock on wood for no injuries, of course, but like. Honestly, yeah, it could go separate ways, but I'm going to go with the Lakers as well. I think you gave an excellent breakdown of that, and I, I don't know. I think that I need the, I need this to be a D-Lo series. <laughs> I just need him D-Lo, to be redeemed. Uh, D-Lo for his not, free agency for us, huh? D-Lo did not look good in the playing game. No, at he all. did not. It was shades <laughs> of last year on Minnesota. Yeah. And, and D-Lo, have it. I don't know what it is with him in the postseason. Um, he did this with Brooklyn as well, his all-star year. He was not great. In that series, if I recall, I may be completely, but like I don't remember him being good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I don't know what it is with him, but he kind of needs to he needs to show himself as as a as a better playoff performer than he's been. Yeah, please. I mean, especially if we're if the Lakers are looking to bring him back long term, you know, um, this is good for him and it's good for the Lakers. So yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, the hope is that he steps up and I think there's a going opportunity for him to put some pressure on John Morant on the defensive side of the ball very similar to what we saw Pat Beverly do to John Morant for that brief moment like <laughs> where he just kept going at him last year it was hilarious yeah. um, 
but yes, moving on from there, let's get to one that's a little more interesting, a little more, um, oh, a little more interesting, a little more meat on the bones, I guess. Even though I think it feels kind of transparent, like it could go so many different ways, but I feel it's going to go one way, and that is the Suns versus the Clippers. Um, we're gonna get to the the real series. I'm excited yeah. about it. We, I think we're all for the line. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <do>. I do. <laughs> I totally do, but we're going to build up to that. We're going to get to the Suns and Clippers first. Um, I can't wait to get the next one, though. But, yeah, Suns-Clippers, I mean, all their games, they've had significant injuries. They weren't whole. They didn't have certain players. So none of that really counts. But, I mean, it all counts to the regular season, but none of it counts to how we look at this series now. Yeah. How do you look at this one, Ron? Because, honestly, like I think the Clippers, if they get a good Russ performance and some bench guys step up, they're there. But I, I don't see this really being one that – um. I don't know. I th- I think there's potential for it to go a longer series, but I don't see this being a series that the Clippers walk away winners. Yeah, I, the Paul George of it all is is really difficult. Um, I don't know if he's gonna play. Um, if he does play, he won't be at a hundred percent. And as much as the Clippers have a, a quality roster with good stars and some really solid depth. They they are they are no match for the Suns to me. Um, I think I think the Suns now. I have separate issues with the Suns that we can get into if we go deeper into the playoffs here. Okay, yeah, we but, have to bring you. Yeah, we're gonna do this again. <laughs> in this in this series in particular, I don't think the Suns' flaws are going to show themselves that much. I think the the sheer star power at the top of their lineup. Um is going to be too much for the Clippers to handle. I think uh, defensively, Chris Paul is going to force every bad habit that Russell Westbrook has ever had out of him. <laughs> like, Chris Paul Chris Paul is a pest, and Chris Paul is a guy that really frustrates players and referees and everyone that watches basketball. That is um, true. But it's because he's great. Like, it's he has obviously not, you know, he, he's starting to hit the decline a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think the decline is showing itself more offensively and less yes. in terms of what he can bring in terms of his brain, his IQ. Chris Paul is still one of the smartest players in the league today, and he's one of the smartest players of the last like generation of players. Um, and he he knows he knows Russell Westbrook, right? Like they have yeah. they have shared a conference for a very long time. Uh, he knows Russell Westbrook, and he knows where Russell Westbrook's flaws are. And I think he's going to expose every last one of them. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I have sons in, I have sons in five, um, maybe six, but I'm, I'm leaning five just because I think everywhere the Clippers are good. The Suns are better. I mean, and that's fair. I, I would agree with that. I am going to go Suns in five as well. Um, I wanted to say Suns in six, but you're right. I just, I'm, I'm really, I mean, I'm, you know how I've been about Russell Westbrook all my life, right? <laughs> Not my life. Actually, it's funny. I keep saying all my life, like I've been a lifelong Russ fan. I only became Russ fan once Katie left him, but like that's been half a decade now at this point, which is hilarious. They're asking Russ and Katie about each other and like the rivalry and stuff. And both, it was funny. Both like, yeah, that's that's so long ago. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's been seven years. Like, yes. Like, we've all, we've all moved on. I don't understand why people keep asking about the Russ KD thing. Like, uh, I've moved on from the Russ KD thing. I'm sure they have too. Like, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I need to hear it from Russ. I w- if if Russ had said he had moved on, I wouldn't have moved on. But he did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta hear it from the source. You gotta like, hear it from the source. Like, I know beef. Seven years. They have both played on. They have both played on three or more teams mm-hmm. since then. Isn't that crazy to think about? They're, they've become journeymen. I mean, Kevin yeah. Durant is obviously incredible, mm-hmm. but like Russell Westbrook has become a journeyman, and that's yeah. that's insane. And, and, and KD's on his shack. Yeah, KD. <laughs> KD's, KD's on his shack jersey. He's going, he's going Boston next? I mean, you never know. No, I'm playing. He's like, just crossing he, them off? Yeah, because I mean, what? It's Oklahoma City, Golden State, Brooklyn, Phoenix. Yeah, nah, it's not super bad. It's still a lot. And then Russ, since OKC, has been oh, geez. Houston, Washington, Houston, Washington Lakers, Lakers Clippers. Clippers. So five teams. Yeah, five teams. Both but in five, five years, five years. Yeah, it's gonna look five bad. Five teams in five years, whereas KD was 
Golden State for three. Yeah, Golden State for three. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn for two and a half. Or, and, now, well, and now Phoenix. And now Phoenix. We'll see how long that goes. That is so interesting. Wow. Yeah, Russ was Russ is five teams in four and a half years. Five and a half. Five years. Five years. It was so – you didn't even realize it, how quick it was. But you're right. If you play a different year of 2K, he's on a different team. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was only in Houston for one year, which is insane because, like, that Houston team is so memorable mm-hmm. because they were the team that said, we don't employ centers. Like, yes. That, that was the team where they said, in order for Russ and James Harden to work together, we can't have a center on the roster. Which is and insane they, to think they about. They traded Clint Capella to the Hawks and said, we're running no centers the rest of the year. It's one of the most fascinating team experiments I've ever seen, and mm-hmm. it blew up exactly the way I, we all thought it was going <laughs> to. It did. It hit a wall. It was hilarious, like seeing this the Lakers front court and then Robert Covington trying to man the middle. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Robert Covington and P.J. Tucker are like, all right, we- Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, McKee, like, what do we do? We can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Again, man, that was hilarious, huh? The Lakers were just getting every rebound that series. Yeah, they they were. It was just, oh my goodness, that was yeah, that was a mess. That was sad. And the edit, I feel so bad. Some of it, Russ's is Russ's own fault. The way he gets, and some of it, just the fa- like, I don't want to say the fans make him look bad, but remember when he was scoring in the bubble and he was yelling at the crowd, yelling at fans and the kids, <laughs> yelling at babies, dude. And this is the thing about Russ, like this is this oh, is man. like that side of Russ is I think who Chris Paul is going to expose. Because Chris Paul knows that this is Russ. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul knows get... it perhaps better than like ninety five percent of NBA players. He knows that this is Russ. Oh, it kills he, me. If he pushes the right buttons at the right time. It's gonna be bad for us. It's, it's gonna, gonna be bad, bad for us. Oh, it's gonna be so bad. I'm a I'm a laugh, but I remember every time I see that, I'm like, poor Russ. Like, don't you know what you're doing, my guy? <laughs> <laughs> Yelling at children. Yelling at children. <laughs> That was a mess. Oh my goodness! But yeah, yelling, I, at, I, yelling at Rajon Rondo's brother, just like full beef with Rajon Rondo's yeah, brother, was just the most random of all. I will say one thing: I'm glad the Lakers' experience put to rest is even what I thought would never be broken, which is the the Russell Westbrook Pat Beverly beef. I'm that glad. Seemed... I'm glad they squashed that. I'm really glad they squashed that. And now, and they're both on different teams. And I there you go. Never have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's my dream scenario. They're friends, and they don't play for my team anymore. <laughs> my dream scenario. <laughs> oh, I get. I get to go back to rooting for Russell Westbrook while also being happy he's not on my team. Like this is something I'm. I'm fond of as well. So I'm with you. Yeah. What a what a yeah. what a delight. But let's go to our final one. Yeah, our final matchup, the one we've been waiting for. We literally saved the best for last on purpose, and that is the Golden State Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. I cannot wait for this matchup. And I tell you, I cannot wait. Ron, I know you're right there with me. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's just get your thoughts. Let's go into this. I might watch a higher percentage of the minutes of this series than I do Lakers-Grizzlies. Like, I I wouldn't fault you for it. I think I'm going to watch 100% of the minutes of this series because it is so fun. Like, it is so, so unbelievably fun. And and honestly, like, I don't even like these are not. I I don't really consider either of these teams championship contenders. Mm-hmm. I think the Warriors, you know, they've lost some of their depth that you know that made them a championship team last year. Um, they've lost a bit of that depth. There's been just too much uncertainty, instability throughout the year. Like they're getting Andrew Wiggins back, but like he has not played this whole year. Like they have to reintegrate him. Uh, Gary Payton, obviously, they're still working to like get him integrated into the flow of things. He missed a ton of time after the trade. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's just more uncertainty with the Warriors this year than there was last year. But even if they're both not championship contenders, this is fascinating. I absolutely love these two teams. They are both fun to watch. Uh, we get to see the home Warriors and the road Warriors who are two completely different NBA franchises. Oh, completely. It's lovely. They're not the same team, even though they employ the same players, uh, the same head coach. They are not the same basketball team. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Sacramento, I think I think if there was a team that their strategy, like the way they play basketball, which is effectively, and I don't know if it was intentional, but effectively it's become we have to outscore our opponent. Because we can't stop them. 
they they got a three seed on the back of just outscoring everyone and being this insane efficient offense. Um, and obviously, normally that doesn't go well when the playoffs come around. Um, but Not really, I think, yeah. I think against this Warriors team, this is kind of the matchup that it almost works for because, I mean, outside of Steph and Clay, the off and Pool outside of their three-headed monster at guard, I don't know that the offensive production on the Warriors' side is so, so elite the way it might have looked last year. So I, I think I think it's really fascinating for that reason. No, I think you're right. I think it's funny, like you said, it's like a mirror image of each other, right? First of all, like, light the beam. Shout out to the Kings fan base. Like, shout out to even the Twitter fireworks that happen right now between the two fan bases are hilarious, man. Like, right. just the funniest thing. Yes, exactly. But, like, this is going to be a, a, just a delight to watch. Like, the sheer offensive basketball is going to happen. The cross-match and the adjusting. You know, like, <clears throat> what do the Warriors do to contain De'Aaron Fox, right? Um, how does Mike Brown kind of scheme against, you know, the Warriors' attempts to, you know, totally kind of hem DeMontis Sabonis in, right? Which other players step up? Uh-huh. And Mike Brown knows this Warriors team, obviously, very, very well. He's built, like, yeah. Maybe he can push the right buttons here. He is, he's going to be the coach of the year. Um, he's, he'll be able to push the right buttons. And you, it's interesting, you talk about, um, like, how are the Warriors going to contain De'Aaron Fox? I wonder if the way to contain De'Aaron Fox is to make him do more. Like, there's an, there's an argument to be made that De'Aaron Fox is at his best when he can drive and kick, when he can drive and score at the rim, when he doesn't have to do as much iso ball, when he can kind of work within the flow of the offense, get the ball to open shooters, uh, find pockets, for him, for his athleticism to really shine. But I think if he's ISO the whole time, uh, I think that hurts the Kings. And I wonder if the way to contain De'Aaron Fox is just to make him play one-on-one every time. Yeah, probably. And, and You're right. And off everybody else. Like that, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting game. I can't wait to see what Steve Kerr and Mike Brown have for each other. Yeah, tire him out, kind of make something happen there. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. I think... Um... I'm trying to think of one thing that, okay, what is your, let me ask this question. What is like the most important, like what's the most important thing that you're looking for them or the most exciting thing you're looking for? For me, I definitely want to see the backups like Malik Monk. I need a Malik Monk stretch. I need Malik Monk series. Like, like I need it in my veins. That was my favorite Laker last year. You know, like (laughs) I need, I need him to have like one of those moments, but also like let's get let's get I want a three that gets Mark Jones on the call, Kings on a run, you know a swing swing sequence, get a wide open three, let Mark Jackson just let the crowd do their work, take us to the commercial break. Like let's go, you know what I mean? Like this is I definitely like a injected into my veins series. Yeah, it's just right for sure. Let's go. <laughs> I, I think the one thing I'm fascinated to see is the Draymond Sabonis matchup. Yes, um, because. It is a real tale of strength on strength and weakness on weakness. Um, <laughs> Very like, true. You you have one of the most skilled and intelligent offensive bigs in the league, probably a top. I don't know, like top seven four? offense, five to seven offensive big in the league. Um, in oh. terms of just, I'm getting. Yeah. No, I got mixed up. I said top four. I'm thinking defensively with um with, with Draymond. Didn't even realize what you're talking but, about. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, it's it's the exact point, right? Like mm-hmm. you have probably a top five to seven offensive big man and a top five defensive player in the NBA matching up, and then on the other side of the court, it's like it. They're both bad. <laughs> like they're both. It's not even like oh, it's, it's, it's not their strong suit. Like. Draymond Green is is an offensive like he's useless offensively for the most part like he pretty much he his only worth on the offensive end for the Warriors is if he is the ball at the high post and everyone else is just running around him and then Mm -hmm. he makes a decision with the ball but if they're not in that setup where he's at the high post and Steph and Clay and Poole and Wiggins and whoever are just setting off ball pick after off ball pick elevator screens flare screens, all this stuff to get each other open. 
for Draymond to do. He is not really effective offensively. He kind of gets lost. Yeah. And Montes Sabonis is not a very good defender. Mm. So it's it's I think they're going to be glued at the hip the entire series because like there's nowhere else for either of them to go that makes any sense. Um, I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I think they're going to be glued to each other the entire series, and I really want to see the battle back and forth between them. No, that's going to be fun to watch. You're right. I think the, the the chess match between the two. I'm excited just for the old friends to come together in terms, like you said, Kerr and Brown. They know each other. They both, you know, it's hilarious. I was making a joke how together they probably were mad at, you know, the Warriors transition defense, you know, back in the day, right? And now yeah. they're on separate teams and they're both angry at their respective teams' inability to defend in transition while <laughs> both knowing to push the pace to attack the other in transition. Like, it's going to be a blast. Um and one fast. I cannot wait for. I am it's, so excited for it. You cannot blink during this series. I think the, the offenses are going to be moving at rates you've never seen before. Yeah, it's, yes, yes. Gonna it's gonna be, the three-pointer is going to be a plan. Like, this might be the one where, like, in the regular season, um, like, it, it the in the postseason, it plays like the regular season. Like, yeah, there's going to be some tight minutes down the stretch, and the crowd's going to be into it. I'm, I'm ready for it. This one is the one, I'm I think so it's Saturday. A Sacramento my- home playoff game. Like, how fun is that? That's Yeah. That's, I know big markets dominate, yada, 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 whatever. A Sacramento Kings home playoff game is good for the NBA. You Absolutely. can't tell me otherwise. You, there, there, there's who, No one's telling you anything about it. You're right. That, like, there was no way. And also, like, I'm going to have my my popcorn ready if it's Saturday morning. Like, it's not going to be Saturday morning. It's going to be Saturday evening. I'm going to be like a kid watching the cartoons with a bowl of cereal. Like, I'm ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the games before the Saturday schedule is Nets, Sixers, Hawks, Celtics, Knicks, Cavs. Those are appetizers. Those, yes. are, those are the bread. That's the free bread you get. <laughs> all in preparation for Warriors-Kings at, in the oh, nightcap. It's going to be a mess. I'm pumped, man. I cannot wait. Like, let's let's go. Let's bring it tomorrow. <laughs> now, what's the prediction, though? Because we didn't, and all the excitement. We Yeah, we didn't, and I almost wish we still couldn't. Um, <laughs> I don't want either of these teams to go. I want them to I don't. Play. I just want to have fun watching both of them play basketball for the next three months. <laughs> exactly. Let's, in, in perpetual. Just keep it going. If I had to pick, yikes, I don't like to. I'm going to say Warriors and six. I think at the end of the day, someone has to play defense, and therein lies the problem for one of those two teams. Like, the Warriors, selectively, if they're not at home, can decide to play defense. Like, it's like driving a car, and you're like, let's go on a race. And both teams are going to go on a race, and both teams have, like, great engines. And it's like, let's go. And they're both fun. They're both going. And, yeah, you don't have to stop the other team, per se, but you're racing to the end of a cliff, and one person has to stop on the brakes. At the end of the day, like, the Warriors' brakes are kind of squeaky, and they may scare you a little bit more than you want in certain terrain, but they will stop. And the Kings know they ain't got no breaks. So let's go. We're just going to beat you to the end. But at the end of the day, you're going to get to a part where you just don't got the breaks, and that's going to make you pay. And I think that's exactly where the Kings are going to meet. The, the the Warriors have Draymond Green. They have Andrew Wiggins. Like, they have Kevon Looney. They have people yeah. who can get a stop Gary in Payton. a big moment. And Gary Payton, and I look at the Kings roster, and I don't see where their big defensive stop is coming from. Like the way I look at it is, if it's crunch time and the Warriors have the ball up one, the Kings cannot stop them. The Warriors will score, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 tough for me to pick the Kings um, as much as I'm excited about them. Like the Malik Monk Jordan Poole matchup is so fun. Like. That's just it's fun. Last, yeah, it's, it's high flying. It's ridiculous. It's going to be great. But yeah, I do think the Warriors win in six. I agree with you completely. Just because when it comes down to it, the Warriors have guys that can go get a stop, and I don't believe the Kings have that guy. No, I, I just I don't think they do either. But it's 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 going to be such a blast to watch and just. I don't know. Like you said, when we when we come back, we're gonna have to do this again, Ron. When we come back for the second round, and we talk about the winner of this one, and bemoan the fact that one of these teams moved on. It's gonna be so sad. <laughs> it's gonna be so sad. Yes, but it's gonna be a lot of fun. And you know what? 
transition. I'm the transition king here. What else was a lot of fun was this show. <laughs> always fun. Always fun. Always, it. man. I appreciate you coming on and just talking, you know, playoffs with me kind of bouncing around. I think we did a, a nice job of touching on the, the main points of these and what to look forward to and what we're looking forward to specifically. Um, Speaking of looking forward, I want to let people uh, listen to what you have coming up or where they can find you in your work um, and what you're doing as we kind of get into the playoffs in full force here. Yeah. I mean, I, I will be covering uh, the Lakers side of things on Lakers nation. Uh, as, as always, I'll be doing some live streams of games on playback. Uh, I'll be doing uh, live post game shows. I'll be doing podcast episodes there. Uh, I also will you know, for baseball fans, uh, I'll also be, you know, covering the Dodgers uh, as they uh, go through the regular season here. It's early going, but uh, yeah, I'll be there at almost every game. So it's a lot of sports for me in the next few months. I'm very excited. Could there not- we go. <laughs> I'm about to say, this is this is the perfect timeline right now for you, Ron. Like, you're doing it all, you're having it all. Day, every day I get to cover a sport. And uh, and it's and it's a dream. That's a blast, man. I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy to be friends with <laughs> someone who knows all the sports I can like glean off of. Baseball, eh, I'm getting there, but basketball, absolutely. Baseball's fun. Baseball's fun. Don't let them tell you baseball's boring. Okay, I'm I'm baseball's gonna do my best fun. not. To. <laughs> I'm a Phillies guy, but it's been years since I watched. Yeah, I I I, I look. I know a lot of people don't love baseball, but uh, mm. I I kind of I. And we could save this spiel for another day, but I have a big spiel about why baseball is awesome and uh, well, people should watch it more. You know what's going to say? We'll start our next show talking about yeah, it. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan, man. <laughs> Make sure to check out Ron on Twitter at RonGoodman24 and everything that he does for sure. Baseball is fun. He'll tell you more about it next time. That's our tease. Um, you can find me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. Um, check out my work there. I just dropped a piece for Switch Theory on the GM um, tenure of Bob Whitsitt and everything that he did uh, and undid for the Joe Blazers era. So definitely make sure to check that out. But until next time, y'all, uh, enjoy the playoffs. By the time you listen to this, we'll be playing games. We The final two will be happening and playoffs the next day. It's going to be a blast. Enjoy that. Um, but for Ron, for myself, we are Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty. And we'll both talk to y'all real soon. Bye, y'all. Thank you.